1: All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, October 11th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Larry Newman. Larry Newman is the Chief Operating Officer for Technical and Regulatory Affairs for the Kirkman Group. Larry has been formulating nutraceuticals for autism and other developmental conditions for Kirkman Laboratories since 1999, working with leading clinicians in the special needs arena to develop science-based nutritional products. Before that, Larry ran the operations and technical departments of several large nutritional and other companies. And Larry has a chapter on nutritional supplementation for autism in the book, Cutting Edge Therapies for Autism, 2011 to 2012, which is published by Skyhorse Publishing. Welcome, Larry. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, thank you. And, Larry, let's start off with this. Why do we even consider nutritional supplementation for persons with autism. What kinds of processes in the body do supplements support that are relevant to autism?
3: Well, autism is so multifaceted, depending on the individual, that nearly all the problems um, that arise in autism uh, can be affected by various supplements. And, you know, that would include... Uh, social skills, cognition, nutrient absorption, digestion, immune response, um, biomedical pathways, sleep, all of these uh, uh, conditions can be affected and potentially changed by dietary supplements. Though we can't make a statement that these particular supplements will help every individual in the same way, Uh, we certainly have enough history behind us to know that in certain individuals, they are helped uh, dramatically by these supplements.
2: Right. And I like how you use the term multifaceted and how you allude to the fact that so many bodily systems are involved in autism, uh, with it being a whole body condition. So is this part, is supplementation part of a larger regimen to be discussed with a physician or nutritionist?
3: Well, it's always best to involve a physician or a nutritionist so that you get a more complete and accurate big picture of, of the autistic individual. Often lab tests are advised or, or needed, uh, which you can't really do on your own. But sometimes we find that depending on the geographical area that the person lives in or their finances, sometimes uh it's not help is not immediately available and if if you run into a case like that, there are some supplements that are considered very safe um, that can be done uh you know on on a family's um, own trial um, i you know probiotics can certainly be tried multivitamin and mineral supplements can certainly be tried um, enzymes in some cases. So there are a lot of uh, supplements where you don't absolutely need a doctor's or a nutritionist's um, help. Uh, but like I say, it's always best to involve a physician if you can.
2: All right. Very good. So when we're talking about these different aspects, what's the first foundational aspect in the body to take into account when thinking about supplements in many special needs individuals and individuals with autism?
3: Well, in in almost all cases, most doctors now that specialize in treating autistic patients agree that examining and correcting gastrointestinal disturbances are probably the recommended first step. Um, Dr. John Pangborn, who was a co-founder of the Defeat Autism Now movement, uh, supports that theory, as do almost all of the leading autism doctors.
2: Okay, and what kind of research backs this up?
3: There's uh, a couple of uh, good research uh, articles that were done uh, in Europe that back this up. Uh, there's been uh, recent uh, research at the Ladders Program, which is the program for autism at Harvard and Mass General Hospital in Boston, um, plus many other autism doctors um, have, uh, you know, through their own practices, have learned that if you don't take care of the gastrointestinal problems first, often some of the other interventions don't work. Uh, so I think it's pretty universally accepted unless there's an underlying condition that you know needs immediate treatment, that uh, healing the gut first is step one.
2: Yes, absolutely. That's what I've heard. So what is it about the digestive system that's so important?
3: Well, without proper digestion, individuals cannot assimilate and absorb their food or the food's nutrients properly. And without proper absorption of the food and nutrients, uh, growth is affected. Uh, ability to thrive is affected. The immune system doesn't respond properly, and uh, body pathways can be abnormal. So, um, without a healthy digestive system, you know, the, there's so many other body processes are compromised.
2: Right, and I think we may be talking more about it a little bit later. Um, but as you allude to, if if you have um, issues, going on, adverse conditions going on in the gut that will affect the immune system and that will in turn affect the central nervous system. So how can we tell that an individual has gastrointestinal disturbances?
3: Well, generally there's, there's a number of uh, symptoms. Uh, abdominal pain is certainly one of them. Uh, gas, bloating. Stool irregularities, sometimes diarrhea, sometimes constipation. Poor skin tone would indicate, uh, that nutrients aren't being absorbed properly. Um, and, and a poor immune system, uh, is also a, a big factor. If a person gets sick all the time or gets sick and can't recover properly, uh, there's a, you know, a very good chance that the immune system, uh, is not healthy.
2: So what should
3: you do? Well, the best scenario, if if you s- suspect uh, gastrointestinal problems and see some of the symptoms that I just mentioned, best scenario would be to have a gastrointestinal workup with a physician or a gastroenterologist. If that is impossible, however, uh, and you're reasonably sure that there is a gastrointestinal problem, Certainly, uh, there are some interventions that can be tried um, on your own, such as special diets, such as casein-gluten-free diet or the specific carbohydrate diet. Uh, Probiotics certainly is a very safe uh, intervention that can be tried. um, And uh, good multivitamin and mineral can help. And uh, digestive enzymes uh, can help. So those are... You know, a gastrointestinal workup would be preferred, obviously, but in those situations where it can't happen immediately or can't happen because of financial or uh, geographical problems, then some of those are very safe uh, interventions
2: to try. Okay, so you've identified some good starting points. You talked about special diets such as the gluten-free, casein-free diet. You've talked about using a multivitamin, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. Let's talk more about trying special diets for those with a diagnosis of autism. Why is an assessment for nutritional supplementation especially important as part of an overall autism assessment?
3: Well, about 50 to 70% of autistic patients have extreme sensitivities to casein, gluten, and often soy. So with with the percentage in your favor like that, trying a casein gluten free diet, uh, can make a huge difference in, uh, you know, the, the way the child behaves, uh, how he feels and, uh, how the immune system, uh, is working. So, uh, casein gluten free diet is one of the, you know, simple but most effective uh, interventions that someone can try.
2: Now, if you're already supplying good nutrients, how do you recognize or fix absorption problems?
3: Well, uh, as I mentioned, sometimes failure to thrive, poor skin tone, poor immune system, abnormal stools, those are um, often evident when you have uh, these absorption problems. And uh, you, you can eat all the good nutrients you want, but if you're not, if you're digestive system isn't working properly, and you can't absorb them, they're really not doing you very much good.
2: So let's get to talking about digestive enzymes. First of all, in general, what's an enzyme?
3: Enzyme is a protein-based constituent which regulate the activities and chemical reactions of living cells. So there are thousands of different enzymes uh, in the body, each of which, you know, has its own function. Um, and normally, we're just talking about digestive enzymes. So the digestive enzymes are the enzymes present in mostly in the pancreas uh, in the human, although there's some enzyme activity that goes on in the mouth with saliva.
2: All right. And we're going to go to break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We will be back with Larry Newman of Kirkman Laboratories, and we'll talk about the rationale, role, and effect of digestive enzymes. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry.
2: We're back with Larry Newman, Chief Operating Officer for Technical and Regulatory Affairs for Kirkman Laboratories. Their website is www.kirkmanlabs.com. And, Larry, before the break, we start talking about enzymes and digestive enzymes in particular. So what's the rationale role and effect of digestive enzymes?
3: Well, digestive enzymes um, break down food so that the nutrients from the food can actually be properly absorbed and utilized by the body. When there's a deficiency uh, in enzymes, nutrients are not absorbed, and poor nutrition results. Um, and when poor nutrition results, that in turn affects all the other responses of the body, such as the immune response, pathways, behavior, cognition, etc.: All
2: right, so in particular with children who have a diagnosis of autism or special needs kids or kids with food sensitivities, what, what would be the rationale for integrating digestive enzymes early on in the journey? Why would this be particularly important?
3: Well, a well-functioning digestive tract is absolutely crucial to good health. So when digestion is optimal, other organs and systems in the body have a better chance of working optimally as well because the digested nutrients are needed for growth, development, healing, and normal functioning.
2: Okay, and then we alluded earlier to the link between the gastrointestinal system and the immune system. So how does the gut link to the immune system?
3: Well, a diseased gut generally means in autism that there's some kind of a uh, yeast or bacterial overgrowth, uh, which is not normal, and it taxes the immune system greatly, making it inefficient. It can also lead to uh, leaky gut, which is a case where the diseased gut is so diseased that it actually uh, is perforated, and when that happens... It allows food particles and contaminants to get into the bloodstream and cause various immune shifts
2: so now correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that digestive enzymes would be particularly important there for a couple of reasons um, one, they would break down things so that things wouldn't cause further irritation to the gut and um, you know build up walls of Goo that didn't allow proper nutrients through or it would break down things so that undigested proteins didn't get into the bloodstream and perturb the immune system
3: no you're absolutely right uh, if, if you're sensitive to casein and gluten uh, you, 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 there are certain enzymes which can help digest casein and gluten so that by the time you know they reach the gut uh, they' they're actually not nearly as uh, uh, allergic a substance to the body as they would have been had the enzymes not acted on them. Uh, A good example would be if you have a lactose uh, sensitivity or intolerance, uh, a lactase enzyme present in a digestive enzyme could break down that lactose before it gets to the gut and and causes a problem.
2: Okay. Okay. So if we have gut pathology um, or uh, we have some poor conditions in the gut or poor components of the gut, like um, gut bugs, that's going to perturb the immune system. And then how does the immune system link to the nervous system?
3: Well, the the immune system... Um, in, in the nervous system are, are related. Um, hormones and other chemicals that convey messages to nerve cells um, are interconnected to immune cells. So if these immune cells are not healthy, the brain can actually receive the wrong messages or inaccurate information re- that can result in abnormal behavior or abnormal responses.
2: Uh, Right, and some of them are even um, related to inflammation. Is that the case?
3: That is also true, yes.
2: We'd better at this point describe metabolism. What kinds of health conditions involve the way that kids metabolize nutrients?
3: Well, metabolism uh, in general is a set of chemical reactions which happen in living organisms to sustain life. Uh, So, Metabolism uh, uh, consists of digestive activities, metabolic pathway activities, enzymatic processes. This is all part of metabolism.
2: Okay. And you've been using the word pathways a lot, Larry. So let's define that and um, talk about what kinds of metabolic issues are seen in kids who are diagnosed with autism.
3: Okay. Well, pathways. Biomedical pathways are uh, kind of a series of enzymatic reactions that have to go on in the body uh, for the body to function properly, and um, probably we've all heard of, of the Krebs cycle, uh, uh, where you have to have certain reactions going on all the time in order for certain uh, body functions to uh, to properly manifest themselves. So um, two pathways that are particularly important in autism are uh, methylation and sulfation pathways. Uh, those pathways in autism are generally not normal, uh, but there's all, lots of other kinds of pathways too. I mean, literally the human body is just full of all of these various interrelated uh, chemical reactions that are going on in your body
2: all the time. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at the kids, how do we know when there's a nutrient deficiency that needs to be supported with a nutritional supplement or a metabolic issue that's going on or a question of just helping the individual digest things better?
3: Well, there, there's lots of things to watch for uh, which might indicate nutrient deficiencies. Uh, vision problems, uh, not being able to focus properly or not being able to uh, look straight ahead, uh, not having proper eye contact, poor skin or muscle tone uh, is often a sign of um, nutritional deficiency extreme tiredness or lethargy, frequent illness, failure to thrive, and even some behavioral issues can actually be tied to uh, poor nutrition. Well,
2: what about allergic reactions? Might digestive enzymes mitigate allergic reactions somehow?
3: No, absolutely, um, especially when there's a mild sensitivity uh, to a particular uh, allergens such as casein, gluten, soy, or as we mentioned, uh, lactose, uh, with a mild sensitivity, there's a good chance that the enzyme will take care of that compound before it's actually uh, absorbed into your system. So uh, in in a serious uh, sensitivity, I mean, if somebody ate a half a pizza, there isn't enough enzyme to digest the gluten in that pizza, but uh, in in lesser sensitivities where uh, an individual is, you know, mildly sensitive to something, the enzyme can actually prevent a reaction completely.
2: And this would be particularly important, for example, during the upcoming holiday season where the kids might get, you know, a little bit of this or that where there might be an infarction, and uh, infraction, excuse me, instead of them, you know, eating that entire half of the pizza or something like that.
3: Right. So, and we always remind people around the holidays that this, you know, can and is likely to occur, uh, and uh, a lot of the parents do actually give digestive enzymes uh, prior to, you know, going to a party or something like that, uh, and in many, many cases, it helps dramatically.
2: This would be a good time then to talk about the care and storage of enzymes. What can they be mixed with or not mixed with and how long can they be stored in juice in the fridge, for example, at school?
3: Well, enzymes will start digesting the substrate they're specific for as soon as they actually contact them. So the most ideal situation would be Put the enzymes in the food together and take it immediately. But this isn't always practical, especially if you've got a child in school who, you know, needs to take them before lunch or something like that. So in those cases, uh, we recommend a few hours is okay. Um, there, there won't be too much activity going on in those first few hours. You might notice a little bit of uh, for instance, if you mix the enzymes with some rice or pasta, you might see a little discoloration or bubbling. Uh, and this is the amylase enzyme working on the starch. But generally speaking, that reaction isn't serious enough. So if you take the enzyme, uh, in the food, within, I'd say, three to four hours, you're, you're doing fine.
2: Okay, so you can mix it up in some juice at grandma's house and put it in the fridge and then go out and do your holiday. Shopping. Um, How about taking them near other supplements like probiotics?
3: Probiotics are actually made of proteins and some carbohydrate material, and enzymes can attack the protein and actually kill off some of the probiotic. So it's actually better to separate enzymes and probiotics, and when that needs to happen, um, I recommend giving the enzyme at the very beginning of the meal uh, eat part of the meal, and then maybe about halfway through or toward the end of the meal, uh, add the probiotic. That at least keeps the two separated long enough so that the enzyme won't attack and kill the probiotic off.
2: And Larry, you mentioned amylase earlier. So how are enzymes classified?
3: Enzymes are classified by the substrate that they digest. For instance, Prote- proteases digest protein, and that's all they can digest. Lipase digests fat. Amylase, as we said, uh, digests starch. Sucrase digests sugar. So an enzyme can only digest it's the specific substrate that it's used for. Uh, proteases have no effect on starch. Proteases have no effect on uh, sugar. Uh, So they're very specific in what they digest.
2: And before we go to break, let's talk a little bit more about probiotics and some reasons that they might be helpful. Larry?
3: Okay. Um, Probiotics are very, very helpful uh, in autism. Uh, We've mentioned that there's a uh, potential of having uh, bacterial uh, overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, uh and this this is a, an upset in the ratio of good bacteria to bad bacteria uh there you know every everybody has good and bad bacteria uh and as long as it's kept in the proper ratio uh you know you you, you don't usually have a problem but in autism the the bad bacteria seem to take over because the immune system is not healthy and uh once the bad bacteria take over, it just they just continue to kill off the good bacteria. Uh and when we talk about bad bacteria, we can actually include yeast in there too, because yeast does the, the same thing. It crowds out the good bacteria. So probiotics are good bacteria. Um they're formulated with strains that uh are known to be present in the human uh body in the uh, large and small intestine. So when you take a probiotic, uh, it actually plants itself uh, on the intestinal mucosa and, and starts to grow, and it helps to crowd out those bad bacteria which have tried to take over these, the system. So uh, and probiotics are one of the most useful uh, supplements uh, in treating a uh, an, uh, intestinal
2: problem in autism. All right. And we cannot uh, overstate the benefits of probiotics, and we'll talk more about this when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Thank you to our sponsor, OxyHealth, at www.oxyhealth.com. We'll be right back.
4: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
5: Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network.
4: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry
2: We're back with Larry Newman, Chief Operating Officer for Technical and Regulatory Affairs for Kirkman Laboratories, www.kirkmanlabs.com. Before the break, Larry, we were talking about probiotics, and I said that we cannot overstate how important and helpful, beneficial to the body probiotics are. Would you say that it would be a fair statement to that at any time an individual is experiencing uh, poor health and and illness coming on, even poor oral health, that probiotics could be helpful?
3: Absolutely. They are very helpful in oral health. And actually there's a recent study uh, that was a combination study done in both uh, the United States and Japan uh, that concluded that probiotics greatly improved the immune system and they measured, uh, a group of, uh, individuals and a control group and what they did is they, uh, the control group didn't get probiotics and the clinical study group received probiotics during times of illness and what they found was quite remarkable that the duration of the illnesses were far less when in the uh, group that was taking the probiotics. The need for antibiotics to get better uh, was significantly less in the group taking probiotics, and the need for a doctor's intervention was significantly less. So this this study just points out how probiotics can uh, really improve uh, you know, general health. Um, I mean, I, I recommend that everybody take a probiotic, whether you have, an, uh, you know, a gastrointestinal problem or not, because uh, I feel that it can uh, actually prevent uh, a lot of things from happening in your body. Uh, so, I think probiotics are, in my opinion, one of the most important supplements.
2: Yeah, I've personally uh, personally observed how. Remarkably well probiotics work um, in uh, in benefiting health, you know if if uh, you feel like you 're coming down with an illness or uh, have an illness or have some gut issues, things like that we 've been talking and we know that a lot of the immune system a significant portion of the immune system is in the gut, so it 's really important uh, to particularly support gut health we 've been talking about this, Larry. And we've discussed digestive enzymes and probiotics, and those are some foundational things that you can use with a multivitamin and a special diet in individuals diagnosed with autism. What other nutrients and herbs support the gut?
3: Well, there's uh, a number of um, ingredients that do help the gut in various ways. Uh, L-glutamine, for instance, helps heal gut tissue. Uh, slippery elm and ginger actually soothe gut lining. Uh, turmeric, garlic, beta-glucan improve the gut's immune response, uh, and colostrum aids in gut tissue repair. So um, these are popular supplements uh, in treating uh, in gastrointestinal problems in au- autism. And um, a lot of times you have to determine, uh, you know, which one would be particularly right for a given individual. They don't, You know, you don't want to give all of these things at once. Um, but certainly based on the symptoms, uh, you can pick one that you feel. You know, if you know there's an inflammation problem, you can pick slippery elm and ginger because we know that that soothes the gut lining. So you have to kind of be specific to the symptoms.
2: Do you want to be taking the garlic apart from the probiotics?
3: It's recommended. Uh, Garlic is a very powerful compound, and it does uh, have the ability to to kill probiotics, so I would recommend separating them, yes.
2: And and what about when individuals are prescribed antibiotics? We know a lot of individuals um, who have had some... Uh, GI upsets taking antibiotics because antibiotics are usually indiscriminate in uh, in killing off the good bugs as well as um, bad bugs. And um, so individuals often take probiotics at the same time to replenish and sustain the good flora in their gut. So how should you work that with taking antibiotics and probiotics during the same time?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right in taking antibiotics does often upset the gut flora and it is not specific for good or bad bacteria, so it can really disrupt the flora. So taking a probiotic when you're taking an antibiotic is a really good idea. And I recommend trying to separate the antibiotic and the probiotic uh, by as much time as you can based on the dosage of the antibiotic. If, it, if it's one every eight hours, I would take the antibiotic and then four hours later I would take the probiotic to try to separate them as much as possible. But you might have an antibiotic where the doses take one every four hours and then I would take the antibiotic and then two hours later I would take the probiotic so I would just try to separate them by as much time as you can based on the, uh, the dosage of the antibiotic that you're giving.
2: Now let's talk about some other issues Larry. Why do disturbances to sleep patterns occur in individuals with autism and how have parents addressed this?
3: Well sleep disturbances are very common in autism uh, and a lot of times uh, they're due to underlying pain conditions such as gastrointestinal discomfort, sometimes a, a reflux problem, inflammatory pain, uh, poor nutrition can also lead to sleep disturbances or some metabolic issues. So a lot of times uh, it's not really that the individual can't sleep it's because it's that they can't sleep because they have something else going on uh that's bothering them so there have been uh there are a number of uh supplements that do help uh sleep patterns uh oftentimes you have to get rid of those underlying factors that i mentioned in order to improve the sleep dramatically but uh the compounds that do help sleep. Melatonin is probably the leading uh, player in that. Magnesium also helps by calming individuals and promoting sleep. Taurine uh, can help uh, a lot of people sleep. 5 hydroxy has been used. Um, GABA, L-threonine, all of those have been effective in, in addressing poor sleep. I would just caution that if you have an issue with sleep, uh, you only want to try one of those at a time. You, you don't necessarily know which one is going to work on a given individual, but you don't want to mix and match those. Uh I, You want to do one at a time and see if you can find the one that really works the best. Uh On certain occasions, you may say, well, I'm going to use melatonin, but I also noticed that uh, taurine worked. And there are some situations where you can mix them, uh, but certainly in the beginning I would want to do one at a time.
2: So if you find that melatonin works well and magnesium works well, can you put those together?
3: Yes, you can. In fact, there are products on the market that do have those two together.
2: Let's talk about some areas in behavior, social skills, and cognition that parents look to help with.
3: Okay, it's common for parents to, you know, seek help with aggressive behavior, passive behavior, uh, limited speech or no speech, uh, not being able to put words together that make sense, failure to interact with other individuals, uh, learning disabilities, lack of eye contact, depression, anxiety, tics, uh, all of those are conditions that parents seek help with.
2: And what supplements have addressed these?
3: The supplements that most uh, are that are most effective with the behavior and the speech and the sh- social skills and those areas are the high B6 magnesium supplements or, DMG, and TMG. Uh, according to the Autism Research Institute, those are the supplements that have shown to be most effective um, in, in treating those conditions. Now, omega-3 fatty acids are also uh, very important uh, for um, helping in those areas. However, with the omega-3 fatty acids, it takes quite a bit of time uh, for the body to begin using those. And some, sometimes you don't see the immediate improvement that you may with the B6 magnesium. But uh, having a, a good, healthy supply of omega-3 fatty acids is definitely uh, recommended for autistic autistic patients.
2: Is there any best time of day to take B vitamins?
3: Well, uh, in, in a way, it kind of depends uh on the person. Um, some people seem to have a problem in taking B vitamins uh without food uh and other people can take it fine. So um, if you don't have a problem uh where you, you might have a you know a reflux issue with and the you might burp up vitamin uh vitamins or something, uh then I would recommend taking them with food. Um, but as far as from an absorption standpoint, um, I, I think taking them with or without food is fine. The, the B6 magnesium or the DMG, TMG, they're fine. Uh, but you, if you have a personal uh, problem in taking things at a certain time, then you will have to adjust for that on your own. Uh, I would say that uh, the DMG and the TMG, there uh, are individuals which actually uh, get hyperactive when taking those. Even though they may be very hel- hi- uh, helpful to the individual, it may make them just a, a little bit more on edge. And for that reason, we recommend taking DMG or TMG in the morning uh, and not near bedtime so that they don't uh, you know get hyper uh, around bedtime and then not be able to sleep.
2: Uh, good point. Does that go for B vitamins as well?
3: Uh, not really so much for B vitamins. We we recommend if you're taking a lot of B vitamins, um, like a high-potency B6 magnesium, you may want to split the dose and give part in the morning and part in the evening uh, because the absorption appears to be better if you split the dosage.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. All right, and with that we're going to go to break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Oxy Health. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: We're
2: back with Larry Newman, Chief Operating Officer for Technical and Regulatory Affairs for Kirkman Laboratories, www.kirkmanlabs.com. And, Larry, you had mentioned um, the omegas, and a lot of individuals with autism take cod liver oil or other essential fatty acid supplements. So why have these been recommended by doctors who see individuals diagnosed with autism? And I believe um, Mary Megson did a study as well that involved uh, cod liver oil and vitamin A?
3: That's that's right. A lot of individuals with autism do take cod liver oil. And um, I think most of that is because of the work that Dr. Mary Megson did uh, about 10 years ago. Um, Dr. Megson found that uh, cod liver oil contained a special form of natural vitamin A that was not found in any other compounds. And she found that using the cod liver oil uh, really enhanced uh, eye health, eye contact, and social response. And Mary actually did a clinical study uh, which found that to be the case.
2: And when we're talking about items that use, fish oils, you know, and we're trying to get our DHA and our, um, our essential fatty acids. Why is supplement purity so important there?
3: Well, the cod liver oil uh, obviously comes from codfish. The fish oils come from other deep water fish, deep cold water fish. Uh, they're living in the ocean. Uh, they're eating food from the ocean we all know that our oceans are becoming more and more contaminated uh because of industry releases and uh any number of uh you know reasons for uh, the water to become less and less pure so it's very easy uh in cod liver oil or fish oils uh to get product that is not uh free of uh pcbs or harmful chemicals so it is very important when taking these compounds that you get them from a good source uh, that you know test for these uh, uh, contaminants.
2: And even uh, in addition to to fish oils, let's touch on supplement purity. Why is that such an important thing for parents to think about and how do they double-check for screening for this in all types of um, supplements, nutrients?
3: Well, if you think about dietary supplements and where the ingredients that go into dietary supplements come from, uh, first of all, a lot of them are imported. Uh, and when they're imported, they're imported uh, a lot from China uh, and uh, other Asian countries. And, you know, the, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration does not have a program in place where Uh, they go around and check the uh, quality uh, control procedures of these companies. So you're getting uh, compounds introduced into the nutritional supplements that need to be tested for purity to make sure they don't have heavy metals, pesticides, PCBs, uh, harmful chemicals. Uh, That's very important. A lot of nutritional supplements are processed with water. When you think about Our water supply, uh, we all know that it's becoming less and less pure over the years. Uh, so there's a a chance for picking up some more impurities in the water supply. A lot of the minerals that we use, uh, like calcium and magnesium, are actually dug out of the ground. Uh, and gosh, we, you know, due to erosion and runoff and that sort of thing, uh, we wouldn't know uh, how pure those minerals actually are unless we test them for heavy metals and pesticides and PCBs. So it, it really is important for people to consider uh, the purity of their supplements. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that isn't happening a great deal in this country. I think people have kind of neglected nutritional supplements as a potential uh, source of contamination. But actually, when you think about how they're made and where the ingredients come from—they are uh, certainly can be a logical source of contamination.
2: Yeah, and even before um, you know, we started thinking so much about screening for heavy metals and, and pesticides in and supplements. There were even the um, issues of the types of fillers that were being used.
3: Right, and we also can't forget—you uh, know—everybody reads about all of the. Uh, recalls that we're doing on foods like, you know, know, the turkey and ground beef with salmonella and E. coli, Uh, those can happen in supplements, too. Uh, It's also important to, to test supplements for bacterial contamination.
2: Well, good that you're on top of this. Now, we haven't really talked at length yet about amino acids and what they do and why they're important to individuals diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder.
3: Well, amino acids are the building blocks that make up proteins in food and body tissues. Uh, They also act as intermediates in metabolism. So obviously, it is important to have a good balance of amino acids. Um, And when you think about the diets of uh, a lot of the kids that uh, have autism, uh, they don't eat much protein. Uh, or they only eat certain kinds of foods. And so it's very common for them to have poor diets uh, and be actually uh, short in their amino acids. And amino acids, uh, with they're, they're so important. If you don't have adequate amino acids, um, it, it affects uh, your growth. It affects your muscle tone. Uh, so it's really important to address that if it's an issue in a given child.
2: But what's the difference between essential and non-essential amino acids and how do you achieve that balance uh, in the diet or from nutritional supplementation?
3: Well, essential amino acids are those that cannot be synthesized in the body, so they must be obtained from the diet. Non-essential amino acids can be synthesized in the body, uh, so you don't necessarily have to, take those in from the diet, but the essential ones you you must t- get them from your food.
2: All right. Well, Larry, I just wanted to go back to that um, supplement purity issue for a minute. There was something that was sticking in my in my head and I thought I had mm-hmm. read about uh, pesticides uh, possibly raising the kids risk of uh, ADHD and uh, i I've found, I've actually found that on the web. And we know that, uh, we know that a lot of children with autism spectrum disorders are poor detoxifiers. Can you speak a little bit to that?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, And and you're right, there there are several studies now that show that environmental contaminants do play a big part in ADHD, autism, asthma, and any number of uh children's diseases. And, you know, the, the autistic kids do have a problem with detoxification because there's, as we mentioned earlier, there's sulfation and methylation are not normal. And when, you know, when this happens, the body can't detoxify properly. Uh, so
2: in so addition... They, pardon me? I was going to ask, in addition to avoiding the contaminants in the first place and making sure that your diet and environment and supplements are pure, um, what kinds of nutritional supplements can you use to help with your detoxification process?
3: There are some supplements um, which greatly aid in uh, detoxification. Those would include selenium, lipoic acid, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, uh, all of these are effective in helping the body detoxify.
2: And what about things like methyl B12 and folic acid?
3: Methyl B12 uh, is very important because uh, a lot of the kids uh, have a, a B12 uh, shortage And without B12, you're not going to get proper proper methylation uh, and proper sulfation. So methyl B12 is a big factor uh, in helping the body detoxify.
2: And does that work well with folinic acid? And just before we close, what is the difference between folic and folinic acid?
3: Folic acid is the standard form of folate that one finds in most nutritional supplements. However, when your body takes in folic acid, uh, before it can actually, actually utilize it, it needs to go through a series of chemical reactions which convert it either to folinic acid or 5-tetrahydrofolate. And in autistic kids, sometimes that pathway that breaks down the folate into these other usable forms uh, doesn't work properly. And so in those cases, uh, folinic acid uh, is a better choice. So that's why in a lot of uh, special needs formulations, you'll find folinic acid instead of folic acid.
2: Well, Larry, so much. Uh, thank you so much. It certainly sounds like you're on top of these issues. And um, do you have any closing take home messages you'd like to leave our listeners with? I know we have so much more to discuss, and maybe you'll join us again in the future. But what would you like to leave us with today?
3: Yeah, I'd be happy to join you again sometime in the future. Um, I, I would say uh, keep your keep your eyes open, watch your child carefully. A lot of times, they they'll have certain behaviors which will give you a hint as to what the problem is. Uh, A lot of times they they don't have speech, and so they can't tell you. But, uh, you know, in the event of a child not being able to sleep and wakes up screaming, uh, maybe they're holding their gut. Uh, Maybe they're giving you a signal of what the the problem is. So keep your eyes uh, open and your ears open and uh, a lot of times you can find out the underlying cause of some of the issues.
2: Absolutely. Well, Larry, thank you so much for telling our listeners about this and about all of these nutrients that can help move children forward on their journey of improvement, healing, and recovery. The Kirkman website is www.kirkmanlabs.com. Please join me here next week, October 18th, when my guests are the wonderful ladies, Wendy Fournier, Lori McElwain, and Amy Allenbach at the helm of the National Autism Association, which is having the informative and relaxing National Autism Conference at the beautiful Tradewinds Grand Island Resort in Tampa, St. Pete, November 10th through 13th. Please register at www.nationalautismconference.org. Thank you to this program sponsor, OxyHealth, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to The Voice America thank Health Thank you, and you for listening
1: to Autism One, A Conversation of Hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, A Conversation of Hope with Terry Aranga.